Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Crayshon's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Past the Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. Hey, welcome to Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged bestie podcast filled with facts, reacts, and made-up games in between. We're your hosts, Sarah and Maggie, and we're excited for you to join our best friend hangout, where we surprise one another with things we find interesting or hilarious just to see how the other will react. Our friendship might be totally stable, but you never know what your bestie might throw your way to knock you off your game. So come shake things up, learn something new, and laugh along with us. This is Unstable Topics. Hey, do you have an idea for a podcast but don't know where to start? Or do you have an already existing podcast that you want to take to the next level? Well, check out WeKnowPodcasting.com. From concept development to theme music to editing to logos, WeKnowPodcasting.com is a one-stop shop for all things pod. Don't hesitate to hit us up. We're very nice. Well, Matt, we are at the end of In3D. Uh, it's been up and down as far as our overall opinions on this record, or at least speaking for myself. But we yeah. are landing on one of the most iconic horror themes that uh, Al has ever worked on with Nature Trail to Hell. And when I put, I put out the warning lights... To all the people at the Geekscape Network, I said, does anyone want to talk about any Weird Al songs? <laughs> and Christian from the Geekscape book club came running up and said, me, please, I want to talk about Nature Trail to Hell. Christian, thank you for joining us. Uh, thank thank you. you so much. Uh, nice to be able to talk to both of you about Al, about one of my favorite songs. And mm. uh, yeah, I, you hadn't even started. And I uh, called dibs on Nature Trail to Hell. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way to get your episodes. I'm just saying, if you're listening and you're a musician, specifically one of our friends who's a musician, we might not know how much you love Al. You got to reach out to us and say, hey, just throwing this out there. I'd really love to talk about blank. Cause yeah, seriously. It's, I don't know. Some people are ashamed if you just assume that they're a weird Al. It's never <laughs> too early to ask for Addicted to Spuds. I was going to say, yeah. we actually do have a couple people who have claimed songs that were like, we'll put you on this song, but we're going to call you in two years <laughs> Yeah, when oh, it's there's time. Been, there's been a few people have, yeah. yeah, there's there's like, at least I would say, I'm still trying to figure out what the guest situation is going to look like for One More Minute and Albuquerque, because those are two very popular songs that people have called dibs on. Yeah, so. there's, there's some big ones that people are going <laughs> to 
I mean, we might have to do multiples on some of these or multiple guests. Yeah, who knows? I don't. I'm know. I'm thinking we'll multiple guests. Yeah, I think yeah, we yeah. may. I think we may go multiple guests on a few of those. But that's talking about the future. Let's talk about right now. Yeah. The long-awaited Nature Trail from Hell in 3D. The so I, does that count as being the titular song, or, or is it just it's as close to a titular track as we get on this record? <laughs> it is the only song that is presented in 3D on the entire record. Exactly. So, yeah. Uh, I exactly. was having the same thought as I was uh, listening <laughs> to it countless times over the last week. Yeah, uh, me too. It and and it's I mean obviously the Nature Trail to Hell in 3D. It is a slight reference to the brief resurgence of 3D uh, between 1981 and 1989, specifically with horror movies. Um, some of the horror movies that jump to mind are obviously Parasite, Friday the 13th Part 3, Amityville 3D, and Jaws 3D. Real quick, I know Matt and I are horror fans. Christian, where do you land on horror movies in general? So this era of horror movies is uh, my sweet spot. Uh, I, I fall off go. right when it started to get all saw-y and hostile but uh, yeah, I loved yeah. Freddy Krueger as a, a middle schooler, which, you know, possibly a little young for Freddy. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, and, and uh, Jason, Michael Myers, I liked them. But Freddy, I always thought I always thought of Freddy Krueger as like a sadistic Spider-Man because he makes jokes while he's doing everything, you know. So I always yeah, sort of love that really presentation. And he's the only one of them that's fun. And it's like, you know, it's okay. Even as a kid, I knew nobody's really getting hurt. And some of that stuff was so crazy. Uh, so oh, yeah. I always liked him, but uh, I I saw Friday the 13th in the theaters stopping with Jason Takes Manhattan. That was where I had to throw in the towel. And I'm like, I'm just going to wait to, you know, for this to be a blockbuster. <laughs> I'm not going to. You didn't enjoy you didn't enjoy the hour and a half of the boat ride before they ever got to Manhattan. You mean before that, they that got to Vancouver and pretended it was Manhattan? <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I didn't love that. Yeah. No one's going to notice. No one's going to notice. This is fine. <laughs> hey, why are there's why are there those huge mountains behind Midtown? Shh. Don't ask. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, there's. I, I did a live stream event on Friday the 13th uh, in 2021 where we watched 10 Friday the 13th movies in a row, and I had a different guest joining me for each one. Wow. And for Jason Takes Manhattan, my guest was Kyle from Horror Movie Night, who had never actually seen the movie before. So what a perfect way to watch it is uh, with a slightly delirious Matt Kelly who'd been up for 12 hours. Um <laughs> And us talking over top of the movie. But my way of explaining that movie to him is this movie's actually really great except for all the parts that aren't. And yeah. like <laughs> and it's like there are like I think that there are really likable, charming moments in that movie, but as a whole, like oof. I was say when I think of that movie, and... when I think of that movie, I think of all the fun stuff that happens in it, and I forget that there's so much nonsense to get there. Yeah. Like the, Very the build up so. is just an absolute disaster. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right, you though, of, like, Matt. It really is Jason takes off. the love boat and then happens to <laughs> yes. end up in the oh And God. it's kind of tame on the violence level. For a movie that involves a kid getting his head punched into a trash can, <laughs> it's still very tame on the violence level compared to a Friday the 13th movie. So it's like we're asking you for an hour and 50 minutes of your time, and also we're just as close to a PG Friday the 13th movie as we can get on this one. So yeah. have fun. Um, I also am not a big fan of Friday the 13th 3D. I actually have the controversial opinion, and I know this is crazy. Here we go. That Jaws 3D, of all of the 3D horror films of that time period, 
utilize the 3D the best, um, even though it looks like garbage on home Man, video. I, I can <laughs> accept that. For a second, I thought you were going to say that Jaws 3D was like your favorite of the Jaws movies, and I was going to be like, no, wow, Jaws that is a controversial opinion, Matt. No, that's, obviously that's we all control. know that Jaws 4 was the best because Jaws that 4 time, the yeah, it was personal. Yeah. It was clearly yeah, personal. No, that was true. <laughs> yeah, they knew they went out on top. They just got better and better, and then they stopped at the peak. I agree no, with I you think... about Jaws 3D because I remember a floating arm in the water being in 3D, and I, I haven't seen that movie in 3D in, what, 40 years? And I can still visualize yeah. it. So I do there think that go. they used it uh, at, at least reasonably I mean. they had, well. They had floating. They had the floating arm. There was a floating fish head, and then they utilized the SeaWorld footage, so it was like the killer whale like jumps straight up at the camera at you. Like they really were smarter with it than like in Friday the 13th when they like just jump into a van and it's like the guy like handing the weed into the audience. It's like, it's, it's way too forced in, in that and, and Amityville where like Jaws 3d, it just feels like, yeah, this is how they would have shot this regardless if it was in 3d or not. And they're just like utilizing. Anyway, we're getting, I was going to say, I'm jealous that both of you have seen Jaws 3d in 3d. Well, no, I've never actually. Oh, you seen haven't it seen in the 3D. 3D. I was gonna, but I, like, how are you doing this? <laughs> yeah, but I. Well, now, so here's the fun thing that I learned when we covered Jaws 3D on Horror Movie Night is the only way that they could make a home video transfer was that they could only use one of the two cameras that they shot it on because oh. they shot a left eye and a right eye. Sure. Yeah, so if yeah. you watch the home video, it's horrendous because it's like yeah, that's what ship, I've seen. <laughs> yeah, a ship will just like slowly deteriorate and fall apart as it turns because it's like rem- it's moving itself out of like the left eye <laughs> camera into the right eye camera and stuff. It's go. it's bad, but wow. Apparently in 3D it was it was pretty decently impressive. Mm. Um, all right, so. All of that history to build up to Weird Al decides to sit down. He's going to do this horror song. It's going to be this fictional slasher movie. It's going to have references to the backwards messages in songs. And uh, it was once compared, Pitchfork Magazine specifically compared it to Thrill Kill by The Damned. I know the band The Damned. I'm not really sure if I know that song. Um, But I also needed to bring this up because I think it's really interesting is that seven years ago, Weird Al did a Reddit AMA and someone uh, commented and said, hello, Al, you once said that you were accused of not having a songwriting style on account that most of your originals are style parodies. I'm not sure that that's a fair criticism. If someone were to write a style parody of a Weird Al song, which of your compositions should they study to get a glimpse at your songwriting? And he actually said that there are a number of original songs on his first few albums that aren't in any particular style or modeled after an artist. And off the top of his head, he would say Midnight Star and Nature Trail to Hell as something he wrote many, many years ago. Yeah. Although he likes to think he's a better songwriter since then and actually said that Hardware Store would fall into the category as one of the best songs that he's ever written that wasn't a reference to anyone's particular style. Um and I'm inclined to agree with that statement, actually. But yeah, yeah, Nature Trail to Hell, not a style parody. This is just Al completely doing what Al wanted to make. <laughs> well, it's like, so interesting because it's not a musical parody, but it's obviously like what this is is a parody of a horror movie trailer. Yes, from this for time six period. Minutes. So it's it's the music <laughs> of it is not a parody of anything. It's the the it's like a deeper concept parody than. Than maybe anything he has done up until this point in his career, right? We haven't really seen anything quite like this. No, this is definitely you, and this is almost an homage to what we would get, what we would learn to expect with Al closers, because yeah. 
in general, the owl closers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like usually because you're thinking like this one. Um, I'm thinking of even worse. I'm thinking of even off the deep end. You kind of get like kind of more subdued, right? Yeah. Like self-titled just end it without an accordion. Like yeah, even worse ends with a James Taylor cover uh, parody. And off the deep end has like this extreme more than words type parody. Like it ends with the soft acoustic song. Yeah, ballad. Yeah. And then somewhere around Running With Scissors, it was like, what if I just tried to write the longest songs <laughs> that I've ever composed? And <laughs> it all goes back to Nature Trail from Hell. Nature Trail from Hell to me is that beginning point where he's like, let's it's see nature how trail long to and hell, crazy. Matt. I just, I have to, it's the Nature Trail to Hell. It's not from okay. Hell. Sorry, Nature Trail We're not to leaving Hell. hell. Yeah. No, we're entering. We're entering I got it. You're, you're, yeah, it, it, it is a roach motel. You can check in, but you can't check out. You're taking it, it to is. hell, and you're not coming out. Yeah, exactly. No, no, no. no. Uh, one no, of we didn't assume. That, we didn't get the full story. Re, re-listening to it, I was just thinking about, you know, how uh, there's a couple of points that, uh, you know, there's always commentary buried into songs like this. And I thought the the thing that made me laugh is, you know, the second verse, you know, Al was, you know, decades ahead of the no spoilers community. You know, it's like, please don't <laughs> yeah. reveal the secret ending to your friends. Don't spoil the big surprise. And uh, I think that people can really listen to that and <laughs> try and remember Absolutely. that not everybody watches everything at midnight when it <laughs> premieres. Yeah, you know? for for sure. It was a minefield the last couple months uh, with Stranger Things dropping, just trying to avoid any anything on the internet. I also have to call out that I feel like that same lyric has got to be at least in a subtle way an homage to... Psycho, because I believe that Psycho, the advertising for the original Psycho was like, don't spoil the surprise for your friends. Like, you need to be surprised. They need to be as surprised by it as you are, because they had never really done anything like that before. <laughs> like, that was the whole deal. They changed the way that you saw movies in the theater yeah, because it's true, of Psycho. But also that, like, <laughs> 80s, you know, we're talking these, like, 80s, um, you know, horror movie time period. That was a very common, I feel like every movie, whether it was deserved or not, was definitely trying to do like was going for like the big twist like because when I think of that line I think of like it's on the way to your side by something like sleepaway camp yes which is another example of like the oh my god you're gonna like the whole movie is about like you won't believe the surprise at the end like that's like don't worry about everything <laughs> leading up to <laughs> like ignore all the other stuff that seems bad because the surprise is gonna be the thing that gets you and and that's why Sleepaway Camp is a perfect movie, and I <laughs> yes. will hear no besmirching of it. Uh, hey, no, other. I am Sleepaway Camp is <laughs> top of the top. Uh, I also need to to do a quick shout out to as you're talking about the little bit of commentary. Even way back in '84, <laughs> the line "What have you got to lose?" Because yeah. if you like the six o'clock news, then you'll love Nature Trail to Hell. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is exactly the other point that I had. That uh, yeah, you know, it's uh, sadly much truer today. I mean, you know, the concept of the six o'clock news is is the part that's antiquated, but the idea that the news is scarier <laughs> than anything you would see in any movie, uh, you know, I agree with that and remains uh, true. And it's yeah. I would say still a call of, um, you know, people who love horror movies who often or anything horror or counterculture often get thrown under the bus um, uh, when, you know, like horrible national events happen and get blamed. It's that's still the case to this day as well. Um, And uh, and in fact, you know, yeah, there's just if anything, you know, life inspires art more than the other way around. Yeah. So let's talk about composition for a second, though, because. Holy shit. 
the the composition on this song is unbelievable. Yeah, and there's a there's a lot to analyze, but I want to specifically highlight what I think is the peak of this song, and and may actually be the peak of Al in the '80s. I I think that he maybe never hit something as crazy as this to me, which is the bridge of this song where it's like operatic singing with a bunch of screaming and horror noises layered over top of it. And there's some back masking going on in the audio. And then it like goes into this crazy, like 30 second guitar solo. Like it is the most insane chunk of like 45 seconds that Al I think has ever recorded in his career. agree i was actually thinking just sort of the instrumentation but specifically that section you're talking about it's like if you took emerson lake and palmer and then you added a layer of meatloaf and then yeah just actual <laughs> screaming from you know the the singers yeah. has kind of a meatloaf feel to it the uh, the the women yeah. singers and uh yeah there's yeah. so much going on there and uh you know uh, even even as an old man you don't look at it i mean you don't listen to it and go like well it's just noise no it's actually like brilliantly layered uh, on top of it yeah it especially just looking at a year earlier right like when we just did this self-titled album where it was like it was mostly just like let's play these songs fast and put hand farts into it and now <laughs> this is like this is like a, a really like meticulous engineering and production side of things. Yeah, no, this is a lot of work goes into composing something like this. It's And it's interesting because, like we were saying, this is not a style parody. This is Al. But you still get these references that that follow through. Like you said, there's definitely some like prog rock, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer things. There's obvious just hor- horror homage here, including the sounds he uses. Like a lot of the synth sounds are obviously like pulled from what you might hear in the soundtrack to a 80s oh, horror the, movie they're the all the key, synths and like flute sounds and stuff all yeah, feel right the on synth for that. intro to the song alone yeah. like it's almost uh i mean i know that uh, i agree that this is not a style style parody but the first like maybe 15 seconds of this song has a little bit of like thriller and monster mash intro where yeah, you've just absolutely. got like that creepy sound before like the actual instrumentation starts to like kick into it you know like i think Monster Mash, it starts off with like what, like some boiling cauldron and yeah. some chains rattling <laughs> before the, so. the drum comes in. And Thriller, it's literally just like the sounds of like werewolves howling in the distance and stuff. Before. It feels very close to Thriller to me with the creepy yeah. sounds and like as if someone's like approaching the microphone from yeah. a distance. Like, yeah, yeah. Like Which is interesting stuff, because yeah. you have to wonder. Uh, yeah, I guess this would have possibly although it's the same album as as eat it so i, I would assume yeah. that he would have heard that but i had I, I had thought about thriller but i didn't uh think about monster mash uh and 
uh, the attention to detail <laughs> Only by the I great would. Bobby Boris Pickett, by the way. That's uh, the great shout out Bobby to Boris Pickett. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Uh, we did an episode of One Hit Thunder on Bobby Boris, and man, if there was an award for someone who took the same song and did it 50 different ways, Bobby Boris would walk away with yep, the Yeah, he, he was the chubby checker of novelty songs. Oh my God! It was like there's like the monster swim. There's the monster rap. There's there's literally a Christmas one. It's the monster's Christmas. Like and it's just the exact same music and melody, but him just changing the lyrics to fit whatever holiday. Man, if you you know if you had got a winning formula, you just yeah. gotta go. Just go with that formula. There is all of this stuff going on, and even the Satan eats cheese whiz back mask audio. This is like the first time that I really heard it. In the audio, I've heard people post the reverse of it. Yeah. But yeah, I can hear it now because it, it's, again, it's that perfect, just like he says it so creepishly and quietly in the background that you can easily miss it in the chaos of the rest of the production. Yeah, because there's so much happening in that <laughs> like, section. Like you said, it's just like, it's very, it's like you don't even know where your ear is going to listen uh, or, or like what's going to catch your ear because it's just, yeah, it's all happening very fast and it's just like idea, 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 idea all the way into the, you know, final, uh, chorus of the song and i i feel like uh us all being horror loving men and especially christian being horror loving man with a child like <laughs> two children <laughs> i love halloween time and hitting some like haunted hay rides some like walk through haunted attractions and my local haunted hay ride uh has a has a soundtrack to the hay ride that they use every single year it is a travesty that this song isn't utilized in more like haunted attraction walkthroughs because it is actually the perfect song for like a haunted hayride or like a haunted maze in a cornfield or whatever. It just gives you all of that vibe. And like we said, in the epic production, but in the creepiness, it is a creepy sounding song. I feel like <laughs> somebody out there must have over these years done some Nature Trail to Hell inspired something. Whether it's a nature trail to hell inspired haunted hayride, haunted house, I don't know. I just feel like somebody who has heard this song and loves Al must be like, "I'm going to make this the theme of my." Well, and I and I hope that also that you know a few months later, the same year, they did something Christmas at Ground Zero themed. You know, Christmas at Ground Zero. Yeah, I was going to say there there are multiple opportunities. That would be the house to visit in my neighborhood if it was both of them. (laughs) Yeah, I mean. Hopefully, if this Weird Al movie does well, uh, we can convince Al that his next film uh, that he should do is just Nature Trail to Hell. Because I, I, from the second I've heard this song, I've wanted this to be real. I know, right? <laughs> it's, I mean, like, there's enough information in the lyrics of this to give you the basic outline of a story, but it's also so open to like, we, we, anyone could take this idea and run with it, Al or anyone else, honestly. Just get Al as a producer on it and then have someone else just go. Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Crayshon's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Past the Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. Come, 
Hey, welcome to Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged, bestie podcast filled with facts, reacts, and made-up games in between. We're your hosts, Sarah and Maggie, and we're excited for you to join our best friend hangout, where we surprise one another with things we find interesting or hilarious just to see how the other will react. Our friendship might be totally stable, but you never know what your bestie might throw your way to knock you off your game. So come shake things up, learn something new, and laugh along with us. This is Unstable Topics. If you like music and you like podcasts and you like to laugh and you like to learn, you need to immediately subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Each week on the One Hit Thunder podcast, we dive deep into the story and back catalog of a one hit wonder band or artist. From there, we have a good healthy discussion as to whether they brought the one hit thunder or were nothing more than a one hit wonder. We have a huge back catalog and we've done episodes on everything from Don't Worry, Be Happy and the Macarena to King of Wishful Thinking and Cumbersome. I promise you're going to love the show more than Jaquan loved getting tipsy and even more than Bobby Boris Pickett loved making alternate versions of the Monster Mash. Subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever you get your podcasts. But we have to draw attention to one other big thing that that would be a mistake for us not to draw attention to is that literally last week we were talking about theme to Rocky 13. He literally has two trailer slash movie type songs back to back to close out this album. I hadn't thought about that. That's interesting. Wow. I definitely didn't remember the the sequence on the album because yeah. my my treasured cassette of 3D is somewhere in this basement that I'm in and mm. uh, I I was not going to take the time to try to find it unfortunately. <laughs> but I actually forgot No that dedication. That, that's what before it, but yeah. And you're right in terms of like this movie has already pretty much written itself, you know, I mean the you know the cub scout troop that gets hacked up two or three in every scene. You know, so yeah, I mean, that's that's wh- what better place to start in, than that. Two or three in every scene. That's a that's, that's a, a, it's a, a lot, yeah, it's a, lot of so it's a big it's a high troop. body count. I, I'm gonna just have to say that he was probably thinking it was the jamboree because just one troop you're you're gonna run out. So it's the whole annual jamboree. That makes with sense. Many yeah, it's, a, it's yeah. a massive gathering. He's got a lot to choose from. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it, it does capture all of the stuff that makes you love these '80s slasher movies, though. And I was shocked for a song that is almost six minutes long. Not a lot lyrically. You no. get. You get two verses, chorus, two verses, chorus, and then just a lot of chorus for about three minutes well, after and that so, middle. Yeah, and this <laughs> is a good segue into the end of this song, which, okay, so I'm trying to think of how to discuss this, but, okay, so in terms of comedy, right, there's like literal lyric comedy that Al does. The end of this song is a musical joke. Yeah. That's what this is. like, And I love it so much. I can't immediately think of too many other examples of this in his catalog, but like the multiple endings to this song, where it is like, because for the song that's this epic, it's the idea is like, how can we give it the most epic ending possible? And this song musically has like at least three or four moments where it should end, but then he just keeps looping the chorus. Like it does the big in 3D and then stops, but then the synth line comes back in and it comes back in again. <laughs> Trail ahead. 
and then it does the build up in 3D, 3D, and you think it's going to end, and then it does it again. keeps going and going and going and going and it's like I have such a memory of the first time I heard this that the just the repeat endings of this song just made me laugh so hard because he just like cannot get out of the loop and then um and then ending it with um kind of apropos of nothing but I'm assuming it seems to me like that single like piano chord to end the song is a musical reference to the Beatles yeah it's very much the end of uh, a day in the life yeah that's ex- pretty uh, well, much exactly how that song ends with the chord held for a really, really long time. Um, and I also feel like you've really let us know that Peter Jackson is a huge Weird Al fan and that the <laughs> ending of The Return of the King was inspired by his love of Nature Trail to Hell's Peter Jackson's uh, end endings. of The Return of the King was an homage to this song. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. He's like, this how is many too much endings of, can I give them? This is too much of a tangent, really. I'm going to just be quick, but I saw The Return of the King for the first time at a screening that like started at one o'clock in the morning <laughs> when it came out. And that when that movie was ending and it just kept going and going and going with the slow motion hugging, I was like, I'm going to have to leave. Like, I thought I was going to have to walk away because I was just, I was so tired and it was giving me this anxiety. I was like, I don't know how this movie's ever going to end because yeah. they just will not stop hugging. I, I definitely had two different points where I thought that it was over and I started to get up out of my seat and then it's like the fade out was just to fade into the next scene. I was like, okay, well then. So the last thing I want to talk about with Nature Joe to Hell, I mean, you did bring up the the beautiful homages and everything, but we got to rank it. We got to put we gotta it rank somewhere it. And, and in the Actually, before we do the ranking, just one other thing, because I, I also find it, we've talked a little bit before about how interesting, like Al has this, his comedic sensibility does tie into the horror world a lot. And it happens yes. more and more as his career goes on. And yeah, I mean, I just, I'm thinking about like, it's a whole other set of rankings of like, what songs of Al's could you easily envision lyrically, like just being a horror movie? <laughs> Ooh, okay. There are maybe- so many of them. And this I maybe is the first one. I mean, there's maybe a couple moments on that first record that are also a little intense, but I don't actually can't think of like, a movie like like you said Christmas at Ground Zero like that could be a movie his other The I Night mean, Santa Went Crazy could be a movie we're about to jump into Slime Creatures from Outer Space in a couple weeks yes uh, I'd watch Albuquerque the movie <laughs> <laughs> Albuquerque the movie um, yeah you said Slime Creatures Attack of the Radioactive Hamsters from a planet near Mars yeah like he's he's he, definitely he, like he I feel loves... like yeah I'm just pointing out I feel like this is a good example of something that comes up more and more as it goes on this like like he just has this like what would be a horror movie pitch that he turns into a or a sci-fi movie pitch that he turns into this like really concise song I mean you can't walk away from especially some of the other ones we talked about the slime creatures from outer space and the the radioactive hamsters yeah and not like it totally makes sense that he would be a giant Mystery Science Theater 3000 fan. But similarly to people who love Mystery Science Theater 3000, you love it because you also have a love for those kitschy like 50 sci-fi movies. Exactly. Even without the robots talking over top of it. And like 
Slime creatures and, and radioactive hamsters is just like they're right there with like a deadly mantis or a tarantula type movie where it's like, I love watching deadly mantis. I know it's bad. I know that at least 50% of it is stock footage. But I think it's a really impressively well-made movie. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's so much of what I love about, I mean, I love it about Al. Like, again, it's not, I feel like he has managed to get this point across to me without ever actually saying it, as I just feel like he would agree with us completely, that he has such affinity for this stuff and it comes through in his songwriting, which is not, I don't know, it's not an easy thing to do. Look, I think the uh, I think the largest ball of twine in Minnesota could actually be oh, some that's kind a good one too. Yes. Disaster movie, you know, like <laughs> honestly, yeah. that could that could be a a mini series. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Christian, I I realize that we should have asked this earlier, but but what is your uh, what is your Weird Al history? What what was your introduction to Al, and when did he go from like a guy that you just kind of were aware of to someone that you were a kind of a bit of a super fan of? Yeah, it's uh, this cassette. In 3D is the one, and it was Eat It was the first thing I heard because, you know, it it looked so much like the Beat It video, and, you know, it started, and yeah. honestly, the, uh, the the hand farts was very funny to me. I think I was, uh, I was eight. No, it was like, I was like, okay. I think I was seven when I heard this. And it, it, That's a good basically age the age my farts. son is now. And yeah, uh, yeah. the first albums I ever owned were Weird Al cassettes right up until about 1988, 1989. They were the only albums I would ever buy. And as soon as I found out they were out, I would get them. And uh, I yeah. think my brother actually, he's five years older than me. He had Weird Al in 3D. And uh, I mean, I just started listening to it all the time and, you know, in the Walkman <laughs> uh, at home. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think it was from that. And uh, I would hear some of his other songs on Dr. Demento's syndicated radio show. And, you know, a couple times a year, Al would actually be on the show. And so that was exciting. And I loved when he would do Al TV on MTV. Uh, that was uh, that that, you know, I was always pretty excited for those sort of things i mean it's yeah, a and next week actually that's a good that's a good segue that next week we're going to review the first al tv episode oh, great. which mm. is going to be <laughs> there was i think there was nine produced total but yeah i <laughs> I'm mean excited man those I were amazing a long time <laughs> the uh, those LTVs were incredible. Yeah. Like even as a kid of the '90s, he whenever he would do an LTV, it was like a oh I got to get home. Like, yeah. Gotta... <laughs> <laughs> uh, so and just to, to to sort of the one thing that I found when I got older, when I was a kid, I didn't enjoy the Poke Medleys probably like at all. And then all of a sudden, mm. it, you get older, and you're like, oh my god, wait, I know all those songs. When you're a kid, you don't necessarily know all of them. And so you're like, I, I don't I don't know why this is funny. Uh, and, you know, I love the decision like on UHF to do like only a Stones medley, you know, stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. So by the time I was in high school, those kind of became my favorite songs for a while because I had, you know, really kind of worn out the other ones. And I just find those to be you know brilliant. Uh, just the the approach. I mean, I had such a similar experience. I know exactly what you mean, because, yeah, as a kid, I was just like, I, I yeah, I couldn't I, I didn't. I was too young to even know a lot of the songs he was referencing. And I was yeah. just like, I don't know what this is. And it's not, it's not funny in the same way that the eat it hand farts are funny. Exactly. <laughs> like you were just saying, yeah. but now, yeah, going back to them, you're like, Oh man, it's, it's a really interesting like commentary on pop culture and just all of this stuff getting smashed together into this one, like the most absurd possible package for all yeah, of these big I songs. I lucked out, I think, because my first polka from him was the alternative polka. And I was, even as a, I guess I was 10 when that album came out, but like I was a grunge, 
modern rock alternative 10 year old kid like that was all i listened to so i knew every single song that he was talking about and the alternative polka is i would say amongst all of them one of the best because it is such a stark contrast to what those songs are supposed to sound like uh so doing like i want to fuck you like an animal is like a really happy polka song (laughs) like immediately i was like this is hysterical this is great i'm impressed that you knew all that stuff because we're about the same age when the alternative polka came out and i heard that the only song in that polka that i knew already was basket case by green day i don't think i had heard anything else from that so here's the big thing i i discovered music I was probably nine years old. I knew music from my parents' car, so I knew Meatloaf. I knew Bruce Springsteen. Sure. When I was nine years old, my cousin played me Green Day Dookie for the first time, and that was like a game changer for me. Yeah. And then right after that, my cousin, who was like five years older than me, got really into gangster rap, and he like renounced rock music entirely (laughs) and gave me his entire CD collection. So at nine, I inherited this stack of CDs that was like every Soundgarden release, every Nirvana release, every Green Day album up to that point, every Alice in Chains release, every Stone Temple Pilots album, all the Pearl Jam. So like I was this nine-year-old kid who just like listened to those albums, read the liner notes. He gave me all the Primus releases up until that point. Like I was listening wow. to Primus at 10. Like, this is amazing. <laughs> so, like, so I got like, I went from not knowing what music was to like very invested in music in like a matter of 24 hours. Man, I'm, I'm like retroactively jealous. I wish that someone that oh, had not happened to me. I, I At 10 um, years old, I was very far from listening to Sex Type Thing by Stone Temple Pilots. That was, so that was I wanted- many years removed. So this is this will stay in the episode because I think it's very funny. But I am uh, in the middle of working on producing a podcast for uh, this girl Alyssa, who is one of the contestants on the Circle, and we were cool. talking about we were talking about something, and I said, "Oh, so they're kind of pulling like a Columbia Columbia House like twelve CDs for a penny thing." And she was like, "Matt, I have zero clue what you were talking about." Right now. <laughs> and it was like. It was this sad moment where I was like, I know that this person is maybe seven years younger than me, but that is just enough time for it, her to have no it, clue what it was like. It's funny that you say your... that, Matt. My <laughs> wife is seven years younger than me. We've been together almost 20 years. So I realized that seven years is really the stretch. It's like more than an, than an entire high school. It's like almost all of high school and college. Yeah. And I just I would talk about stuff all the time. That maybe her dad would laugh at, but she's just like, I, I don't know what that is. <laughs> the only other thing I want to say about the polkas is, is that I think we're going to get to a certain point, and it's really not until the 2000s. But Matt, we'll have to have a point when we get to the 2000s albums where I think that there is always at least one song in the polka medley that I walk away thinking that actually sounds better than it should as a polka. Like, and totally. I think we even did it on this al- this recent album. There was a song where we were like, ooh, that didn't sound terrible <laughs> as a polka, actually. Um, yeah. Which I'm one was it? I'm taking a quick look. Uh, it may have been, I don't know, maybe it was, uh, maybe it was the- um, Owner of a Lonely Heart. LA Woman. Uh, well, yes, that's a- I don't remember. There was one on this, though, where we were definitely like, that actually doesn't sound terrible. Um, or the Inagata DeVita thing. Oh, that was... it was, should I, it was, should I oh, say, should I, should I, I go should I sounds go? really good on an accordion. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. Uh, so let's do the rankings real quick. Uh, Matt, I will pass this to you. What Where are you ranking this on your Al Originals right now? You know, I, I think that a song like this, I have no choice 
but to put it at number one. I am right there with you, actually. I was looking at this. I came in thinking, all right, I haven't listened to this song in a bit. Maybe, maybe it's better than Midnight Star. Because you know how much I love checks in the mail. Yes. But no, man, this one, I mean, this one had to shoot to the top. The Just for the production and the and the level of like just interesting choices that are made throughout uh just an incredible a truly incredible song it's a great Um, song it's so hooky it's so fun and you know just to go back to it i'm I'm talking about like again hearing al as a child and now i think for me i'm something i'm realizing in doing this show is a huge part of it is i am reflecting on how influential this music has been to me like in many aspects of my life not just musically and al's horror adjacent work has informed me and his dark sense of humor and like making a joke out of people dying horrible deaths <laughs> has no, has sure. influenced my sense of humor so much and this song is very very high up in that world like i don't know this is just like this is a little like world building exercise that he did that i'm just so on board for and i feel like a huge part of everything you uh, could know about me is hidden in how much I love this song. <laughs> uh, so Christian, we want you to get in on the fun as well. So we have a special bucket of guest rankings. Uh, and what goes on in this little bucket is that when we have a guest on the show, they can rank where they feel their song falls amongst the other songs that have been ranked. Currently at number one is I Lost on Jeopardy. You have the first of the originals to to move around wow, on do. the board. Yeah. But you get to A, place where Nature Trail to Hell goes. But also, if you think that there is an egregious mistake in those rankings, you can make one change to the current rankings All right, as well. So am I able to, to place Nature Trail to Hell uh, above all of those? Because I personally yes, do. Yes, you are. You um, are, yeah. I, I, I think I Lost on Jeopardy. I didn't know the real song for years. I didn't we know talked my about love that. Yeah, we did talk about yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> and and you know, there's videos for both. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I love that song. But uh, this one, it, it's like it's like a top ten song in my life, just from everyone. Agreed. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. taking the time to analyze it for this, it, it's it, it only reinforces like, oh yeah, no, this is great. This this is yeah. I would say this is my favorite Al song, just in general, as an adult. As a kid, you know, mm. it was definitely Eat It. But, and then, uh, you know, and then some that came along. But I feel like this <laughs> is, you know, some of his best work, just in general. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, obviously the budgets on later albums were much higher, but uh, there's something still very charming about listening to this song. All right. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, and Matt, there's one last thing we have to figure out. Where do we put in 3D against the self-titled? Did we walk away thinking it was better or worse than the self-titled album? Well, b- before we do that, I just wanted to ask uh, Christian one more thing, um, which is, is there another song? I, I, I'm speaking of this specifically because you said like in 3D was such a big record for you. Um, we started doing a thing with a couple guests of like, is there another song on in 3D or on the one before it that you're especially fond of that you wanted to like also discuss? And if there's something that you like were super super into, we could potentially reopen our rankings and uh, and 
move something around based on your well it's a your, it's another uh, parody but uh the great. brady bunch was such a great because i did know safety dance oh controversially that's I put great that as my because least matt did favorite. not like brady bunch so i'm it really is my glad. least favorite thing that al has ever done actually <laughs> seven-year-old me just thought it was such a great idea to take the brady bunch concept and then put it in the men without hats style <laughs> and put it in the men without hats yeah, yeah there you go it's an odd parody for him that he took yes. the Men Without Hat song, and then for the second verse, literally just takes the Brady Bunch lyrics and puts them in there. I was like, that's such a weird, um, I don't know, like, again, one of those odd, like he's never done that in any other capacity, sort that of not, with Bedrock Anthem. True. Bedrock Anthem. No, I was, no, was going to say Money for Nothing, Beverly Hillbillies. He straight up sings the Beverly Hillbillies theme song to Money or Nothing. Right, right. Oh, that's, yeah, that, the, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, the that's Bedrock the only Anthem. other one, though. Those are yeah. the only two where he just straight up rips the song lyrics yeah. and is like we're just gonna put you over top of this now well well now that we've we've reintroduced brady bunch i don't know you want you want to uh you want to reconsider your feelings on brady bunch matt no <laughs> my feelings have been there before we did this podcast when i did the men at work episode of one hit thunder and re-examined brady bunch and i was like maybe when we do the out al- weird algorithm i'll feel differently and i i didn't <laughs> i don't i don't rank brady bunch that poorly i have it above uh the first album's Stop dragging my car around. Yeah, um, which which did not do it for me. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't mind Brady Bunch. I think it's a weird, you know. Again, retrospectively with the lyric thing, I was like, maybe it's like slightly lazier for him as opposed to writing all original <laughs> lyrics and him just taking the the TV theme. But it is, it does. It's it's unique, that's for sure. Yeah I, yeah, I don't mind it like Matt does, but I love the fact that you just reference. That's great. Uh, yeah, of all of the songs it, you it, pulled it out, spoke literally to me the as only a child one. because uh, yeah. of how many yeah, times yeah. I had heard the Brady Bunch theme, and uh, you know how well it, I knew it was it, very you know? ubiquitous. Yeah, <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. That is so that is so fun. It's not that bad, um, Matt. It's not that <laughs> all right. Bad. So where where are you ranking in 3D, Matt? Because I'm not gonna lie, I'm actually having more trouble trying to decide where I want to put this than I thought um, at this point in the game. Because I think in here's the thing. I think in 3D is a very good album. It's a very tight album. There's a lot of stuff to like. But I still just think that self-titled is so ambitiously unique and weird. Yeah. This is a this is a very difficult decision for me. I am going to I'm going to rank this above the first album. Okay. I'm going to rank it above. I think that I think it is a step up in a lot of ways. I love I find the first album really charming. And I, I, there's a lot that I really love about it, but this to me is like, you know, like we were saying, I feel like this is the first Weird Al album as we know him now. Okay. The first album is like a test and he's kind of finding his footing. He's learning who he is as a, an artist and a songwriter and a parodist and all that stuff. And this album is like from Eat It on, uh, Eat It, Midnight Star. Like in that moment, you're like, whoa, suddenly it's like the stars have aligned and this is what he does. And uh, um, I feel like I have to put it in first place just for that, for now. You know, I was thinking that I was going to put the self-titled above this. Um, I really do love that album. But now I'm looking at my rankings, and and my rankings don't lie. Uh, for for best parody, three of the top five are from in 3D right now. For best yeah. original, three of the top five are in 3D. So clearly... I, I like that one a little bit more. So, all right, I'm, I'm going to match you right now. So the one thing that we, well, the two things we agree on is that we both only have one option for best polka <laughs> and our best albums are perfectly in sync right now. There you go. Our, yeah. our best parodies and our best uh, 
originals are all over the place. Oh, we're way off on the rest of it, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Except for we both agreed on our number one for originals so far. Oh, that's true. Yeah, we did just agree on Nature Trail, yeah. Who knows, though? I'm a big Devo fan, so that could change a lot of things coming up Oh, my God. Yeah, I would say, well, we're going to do an LTV, like you said, and then we get into... uh, to dare to be stupid, which is Dare another uh, another game changer. One hundred percent. Well, Christian, thank you so much for joining us. I know that I reference you as being part of the Geekscape Book Club because you know we're part of the Geekscape family. But that is just a, a tiny drop in the ocean of podcasting that you do. Uh, where can people go to check out all of your stuff? You can uh, find my YouTube channel uh, Blatcast B L A D T C A S T. We do a uh, weekly Marvel show there. Uh, we will always review whatever the given Star Trek show is. We'll, we did special episodes on uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi and a lot of, uh, you know, and uh, Boba Fett and even Peacemaker. So if you just look for Blackcast, nice. B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T, uh, you can find that on YouTube and then also the podcast of the same name. Uh, I'm not quite sure when people are going to hear this, but we're about to have our 500th episode of the audio-only version of the Blackcast, and uh, I wow, just confirmed that uh, we'll be joined on our 500th episode by the great Dana Carvey. So I'm very excited about what? That. Oh, Holy yo. cow! Thank you. Yeah, I've I've known him for a while because I worked for Dennis Miller for a long time, and uh, oh, nice, never nice, nice. I'd dealt with uh, Dana a lot, and I never asked him to do anything. And then I thought, like, well, if I'm gonna ask him, let's ask him for episode 500, and he said yes. Yeah, so, very. Excited. If you want to slip I, in I, there asking him if he's an Al fan, feel free. <laughs> yeah, I, I would be shocked <laughs> if he wasn't. Have... In all honesty, I know I would be too. Yeah. I would be shocked if he wasn't. Oh, and I'm on social media at Christian DMZ, and I guess if anybody wants Perfect. to talk all things Al and otherwise, maybe maybe you want to tell me I'm way off about Brady Bunch and you agree with Matt that's fine <laughs> I think there are more people who agree with you Christian I, that's that's <laughs> I, my theory I feel I, like I, we're gonna I want the Brady Bunch uh stands to come out the woodwork and and, and all the Mr. usually Pope the unpopular well. opinion <laughs> yes. yes yes exactly <laughs> Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Crayshon's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Past the Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. Hey, welcome to Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged, bestie podcast filled with facts, reacts, and made-up games in between. We're your hosts, Sarah and Maggie. And we're excited for you to join our best friend hangout, where we surprise one another with things we find interesting or hilarious just to see how the other will react. Our friendship might be totally stable, but you never know what your bestie might throw your way to knock you off your game. So come shake things up, learn something new, and laugh along with us. This is Unstable Topics. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 